If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. As Nintendo begins to take on new forms, it's important that we can measure how addictive they truly are. Hey everyone, welcome back to Nintendo Switchcraft. I want to start off today's show by saying thank you to all of the people that uh, sent me get well wishes and uh, sent me those messages uh, about not, you know, not worrying about missing the show. And just everybody who, uh, you know, said, you know, I hope you do better, Bill. I really do appreciate it. You guys are all awesome. Thank you so much. Um, for those of you that don't know what the hell I'm talking about, uh, I don't know, like a month ago, I got hit with COVID and uh, it took me like three weeks to get over it. This is my first full week back at work. And so uh, this is my first episode uh, in quite a while, like a real episode. And uh, I just want to say thanks, everybody, for being patient. I know that you like to subscribe to this show because it's, you know, every single week you get a new episode. But I just didn't, I wasn't up to it. And even today, it's a little rough, but I'll be okay. Let's soldier on. Um, I finished Metroid. And uh, story-wise, not going to spoil anything. Uh, but I do want to talk about gameplay-wise. I've seen a lot of people complain about getting lost in Metroid. And we were having a discussion about it in the community Discord. If you haven't joined our Discord, by the way, head on over to nerdnest.tv slash Discord and join. There's over 1,500 other awesome people who love video games just as much as you do. And they want to talk to you about video games. So join us. It's fun. Um, we were having a discussion in the community Discord about how linear Metroid is. And it's odd to say, but as far as Metroidvanias go, it is an extremely linear game. It doesn't feel like a linear game. They hide the linearity of it very, very well. You always feel like you have the freedom to explore wherever you want until you run into like something blocking the way. Um, but if you open up your mission log and read what it says and look at the new item that you got and uh, use the map, then you can pretty much figure out where you need to go. It took me around, I'm going to say 14 hours to finish the game. And the last four hours, well, maybe the last two hours. The last two hours was fighting the final boss. It's not a two-hour fight. I just suck. Um, but the last two hours was fighting the final boss. So, I, look, there's people who have finished this game in just a couple of hours, no problem. Those people are crazy. That's not me. I can't do that. But uh, I finished the game in about 14 hours, and I really, really love it. It's got to be my game of the year absolutely my favorite switch game of the year but i think it is my favorite game of the year and with only uh two months left i cannot imagine something unseating it at this point such an absolute gem 
So I've talked about the animation before. I don't think I really need to revisit that, except to say the boss fights, uh, the animation of the bosses is really top-notch, and it allows you to figure out their telegraphs. Quite often when I am playing a game, I will run into a tough boss fight, and... I'll 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 get to the point where I'm like, all right, I think I need to look something up, and I'll go to YouTube and and see if somebody there can help me. And I that didn't have to happen this time. In fact, I even made a guide on how to beat one of the bosses. I made a guide and posted it on on my YouTube channel, uh, which you can if you haven't subscribed to it is nerdnest.tv. And they've done such an awesome job with the animations that they can they telegraph what the enemy is going to do and at first when you first come up against a boss it feels like i've hit a wall it's impossible for me to continue and you'll get killed and after 3 or 4 times you start to see the pattern and you're like okay this is not nearly as hard as I thought it was when I first came up against this guy. And so I'll give you an example without any real details. One of the bosses that I uh, came up against had, well, actually many of the bosses have like multiple phases to their fight. But one specific boss, um, the, the first phase, I was struggling to get through the first phase. Like, he would kill me almost every time within just a couple of seconds, it felt like. And after fighting that boss a few times, I got to the point where, okay, I've got the first phase down, no problem. Now I'm working on the second phase. And as I kept going up against this boss and trying to to work out the best way to defeat them, what what move should I use to dodge this attack? What, What should I do to dodge that attack? I got to the point where I could get through the first phase completely untouched with absolutely full health. And this is the same boss that was killing me within just a couple of seconds in the first phase when I first got there. And that's because the animations are so good that you start to learn what to do. And this isn't the kind the kind of telegraph where it's like, Here's a thing, don't stand in the thing. And sure enough, some of that is there, but it's all about the animations. It felt a lot to me like a Monster Hunter game where when you're fighting a monster in Monster Hunter, there are telegraphs and you have to pay attention to the body movement of the enemies that you're fighting, but they don't like put a red circle on the ground that says, don't stand in that red circle. And the boss fights in... Metroid Dread are just absolutely amazing. Let's take a second and talk about the map. I've seen a lot of people complaining about that that um, getting lost. This map is one of the best Metroidvania maps that I've ever used. Um, there's there's some definitely some changes that I would make, but it's really fantastic. Now, let's first talk about why it's so great. Let's say you get a brand new weapon, like the missiles, all right? You just unlocked the missiles, and then right after unlocking the missiles, of course, because they're good game designers, they put a missile door right there for you to open up with the missiles. But then, and and 
I wish that they had explained this, or maybe they did explain it and I missed it. You can bring up the map, highlight that missile door, and then say, show me all the missile doors that I've come across so far so that I can go find them. That is amazing. That is an awesome, awesome, awesome way to do it. What I wish that they would do is let you highlight them and leave them highlighted so that you can find them. Um, I also would really like the ability, especially since the Switch is touchscreen, I would like the ability to draw on the map a path to follow or even give me an upgrade that I have to, you know, defeat a boss to, to fight where I can put a pin down and it will give me like waypoints to follow in order to get from point A to point B because there are lots of times where I would be getting from point A to point B and I would hit a dead end and I would look up the map and I'd be like, oh man, I thought that I was going the right way. Turns out that I was going the wrong way. And sure, if I had paid closer attention to the map, that wouldn't have been an issue. But as an as as I'm an old dude who has limited time to play video games, it would have been nice if they could put a little waypoint that I had to earn on the map. Like that would be a really, really cool feature. And it would have cut down my playtime by quite a lot because I did spend a lot of time going in the wrong direction. And that's totally fine. Uh, But because I had so much fun while I was going in the wrong direction. But it would have been cool, I don't know, maybe maybe three-fourths through the game to unlock the ability to find your way across. All right, another thing that people didn't like is this idea of shooting blocks with the missiles in order to uncover them. Sometimes people got to a point where they said, uh, I don't know where to go. I can't quite figure out where why I'm not figuring out the right way, and it's because they have to shoot a block. And... I was running into that same exact issue, but then I unlocked a new ability that made my complaint vanish. And I think a lot of the people, and I'm not speaking for everybody, but I think a lot of the people who complained about that didn't get as far before they made their complaint. And because of that, they didn't realize that there was going to be a tool to help you with that in the, in the future. Now, In my opinion, this tool that you get, you get way too late in the game. This is definitely a criticism from me on Metroid Dread, is this tool which helps you with this problem is, and I'm trying to be vague so I don't spoil too many things, uh, it is something that you gain way too late in the game because you've spent a lot of time wondering what to do, shooting blocks and not having anything happen and it would have been great to get that a lot sooner but again the combination of the map and the tools that you get throughout the game to me negate all of the complaints that I had about the game with the exception of please oh please let Samus have a GPS (laughs) Uh, anyway Metroid Dread is fantastic. It's probably my game of the year. 
I I loved every moment of it. I would love to talk about the story because I feel like the story was very interesting and there were definitely some twists and turns that happened in it that I didn't know about because I'm not really a, a Metroid lore nerd. Um, but I, I have a feeling that most people would probably just skip that episode because they want to find out that stuff for themselves. Uh, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but if you want to talk about the lore of Metroid, hop in our community discord. We've got a Nintendo channel. Just if you're going to do any spoilery stuff, make sure you put the, um, the pipes around your, that's like the button that's above your enter key. Um, mark it as a spoiler. Use that spoiler tag in discord and we can talk all about the Metroid story because I, I have thoughts about that. All right, let's move on to the news. This made me pretty sad. Uh, the game that I was probably looking forward to, uh, obviously less than Metroid Dread, but after Metroid Dread, the game that I was looking forward to most this year was Advance Wars 1 and 2. I never played these games, but I played Advance Wars DS on my Nintendo DS. I remember distinctly going to the store, picking up my Nintendo DS, buying Advance Wars DS because I didn't know anything about any of the games and I thought this one looks kind of cool. And so I picked that up and I was blown away at how fun it is. If you've never played an Advance Wars game, think Fire Emblem with technology and you have little units instead of every single unit being like a hero you have heroes on the battlefield that have special abilities and then you have smaller units that are just like a group of soldiers and uh it's turn-based tactical fun huge huge fan but it's been delayed it was supposed to set i'm sorry it was supposed to come out on december 3rd which is less than a month away as i record this and now it is being moved to spring 2022. Uh, they said that the game needs a little more time for fine-tuning. We'll be battling with Andy and friends soon. Thank you for your patience. That's a tweet from Nintendo America. Oh, so disappointed because I was really, really looking forward to this. It's not like I don't have plenty to play. I've got a billion games to play right now. That's totally fine. But Advance Wars 1 and 2 is now delayed, and I'm sad about it. How do you feel about it? Let me know. I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. Uh, tweet at the show. Tweet at me. Let me know. Are you? Is this something that you were that you're going to be picking up day one, or is this something you just really didn't care about? I know that. I think that most people are probably going to be in that second camp. But for me, Advance Wars One and Two, very very excited for it. I think that that game looks fantastic, and if it plays anything like Advance Wars DS, then we are in for an absolute treat. So it feels like forever ago that we found out about the price of the N64 and Sega stuff. And I said it's too expensive. And uh, like 85% of the people who responded to my tweet said it's too expensive. Not only is it too expensive, but it's also kind of bad. Uh, a lot of people are criticizing the quality of the N64 emulation. Now, for those of you who don't do any emulation, N64 games are usually pretty tough to emulate. Um, you got to have some pretty beefy uh, stuff. 
And the emulation that we're seeing on the Nintendo Switch isn't great. The button mapping is pretty terrible unless you have, unless you sprung for the N64 joystick, um, not joystick, the N64 controller. Like, unless you paid $50 for that, then you've got to deal with the weird layouts that you can't remap, which is ridiculous. And then there's graphical issues where it just doesn't look very good, especially when you are comparing it to Ocarina of Time running on the 3DS. It's just a better experience. And you have much more powerful hardware and you're getting a worse experience with the Nintendo Switch than you do with the 3DS. Very, very disappointing in my opinion. But the real issue, one of the most common complaints is the button mapping. For those of you that don't know, the N64 controller had a really strange button layout, and it worked for a lot of Nintendo's games. They had the A button and the B button. Uh, The A button was just below the B button, and it was in the perfect position, honestly. And then the C buttons, they were there for camera control because they were trying to invent, like, the 3D game. And you needed to be able to control the camera. But they only had one stick. So instead of having two sticks, they did four C buttons. And if you didn't really need the camera control, then they used those C buttons for other things. And that layout worked really, really well if you have that controller. But if you don't have that controller, and honestly springing for that controller just for these like 12 games or whatever not really the best cost uh, sync. Um, unless you have that controller, trying to translate those buttons to the more traditional Switch controller or the Switch Pro controller, it's just not a good experience. So the fact that we don't have the ability to remap those buttons is very, very disappointing. And then you put that together with the graphical issues where there's fog issues and transparency issues with the emulation on switch it's just it's it's just like they should have done a better job especially with how much they are charging for this i I just find it to be really baffling and really disappointing if nintendo didn't keep knocking it out of the park with games like breath of the wild and mario galaxy and splatoon 2 and arms and mario kart 8 deluxe and metroid dread they didn't keep putting out some of the best games in the world i would find it hard to be a nintendo fan with some of the decisions that they've been making lately their games tend to be awesome but their business decisions tend to be absolutely just terrible Speaking of Mario Kart, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has done, I I, want to say like the unthinkable, but I I can't believe that they, you know, I didn't expect to read this. I don't know why I didn't expect to, to read this. The Nintendo Switch just absolutely sells like gangbusters. And traditionally, the most popular game on Nintendo consoles is Mario Kart. Well, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, a port of a Wii U game. I'm going to say that again for emphasis. This game was a re-release of a game that you already bought if you had a Wii U. And 
the Wii U sold 14 million consoles worldwide lifetime. And so Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U probably sold, I'm, I'm going to say, probably 10 million copies. So that's 10 million people right there that have a pretty good reason not to pick up Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They already had it, you know? But Nintendo sold so many Nintendo Switches. And Mario Kart is incredibly popular. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just fantastic. It's a really good game. They finally have outsold Mario Kart Wii. If you didn't know, Mario Kart Wii sold a ridiculous 37.38 million copies of Mario Kart Wii. That's its lifetime sales. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe sold 38.74 million. That is, in just this year alone, actually, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. In just the first two quarters of this year alone, 3.34 million units in six months. Then if you're wondering why there is no Mario Kart 9, it's because people keep buying Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And then you've got like a recursive loop. People keep buying Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because there's no Mario 9 and Mario Kart 9 and there's no Mario Kart 9 because 8 Deluxe is selling so well. I don't know. I I don't I don't know if I have a complaint about this. Like it's awesome that it's doing well. It's an incredibly fun game. I'm kind of done with it. I played I don't know, like a billion hours of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe if you span that across the Wii U and the the Nintendo Switch. It's a phenomenal game. It really is. Would I like Mario Kart 9? I think so. Or would I be okay with more DLC? I've said this on the show a billion times. I don't know that Nintendo needs to make Mario Kart 9 because what can they really add to it other than more courses and more players or racers? But I would really like to see more racers and more courses. So instead of releasing Mario Kart 9, just rename Mario Kart 8 Deluxe to Mario Mario Kart Ultimate. And then do a DLC that brings in all of the tracks from Double Dash and all of the tracks from the other Mario Kart games that we don't have. Bring all of the tracks together and then start adding characters to... Because uh, the characters are easy. You don't really have to balance them. Um, start adding characters to uh, to Mario Kart Ultimate. Um, like Smash. And somebody might say, well, you do have to balance them. But not really. You know, if you add somebody like King K. Rule, just copy Donkey Kong with a different skin. And that way people have more racers to look at while they're racing, more choices to make. And you can just keep selling more copies of Mario Kart Ultimate. Because that's honestly, that's what the future of Mario Kart should be. And then when the next console comes out from Nintendo, if you already have Mario Kart Ultimate, 
transfer everything forward to the next console, but keep making tracks and keep adding characters from here until eternity. It is the biggest racing game in the world, I think. I think it's bigger than Forza. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it's an incredible game, and I don't see why we should have a 9, but I want something new in Mario Kart at the same time. What do you guys think? Would you prefer to have Mario Kart 9 or expand Mario Kart 8 into our Mario Kart Ultimate? Let me know at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. All right, everybody. I can feel my voice starting to go. I've had to stop and restart recording a few times. Uh, That's it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Big thank you again to everybody who listens to the show. Um, If you are a Patreon member, uh, thank you very much for that. If you're not a Patreon member and you want to check that out, head on over to patreon.com slash run jump stomp you can get all of these episodes with absolutely no ads in them for as little as a buck a month or you can get access to these episodes before anybody else by joining the early access tier thanks again for listening i hope that you all have a wonderful day stay awesome and i will see you hear you say something to you next time bye everybody Playing with power.